0: Welcome to episode 109 of On The Ledge Podcast, teaching you how to take care of your houseplants since February 2017. I'm your host Jane Perone and this week we are entering the wonderful world of peperomias and I'm answering a question about a heartleaf fern. As regular listeners will know, On The Ledge podcast does get about a bit. And this weekend, I shall be at Lullingstone Castle in Kent. That's the 21st and 22nd of September 2019 for the British Cactus and Succulent Society gathering known as Cactus World Live. I'm going to be doing a live recording at 1.30 on the Saturday and an audience with Jane Perrone. That would be me at 2pm on Sunday the 22nd so do come along if you possibly can there's going to be loads of other talks demonstrations and the chance to buy lots of lovely cacti and succulents and in more thrilling on the ledge news I recently did an interview for the BBC Radio 4 Extra show podcast radio hour which is A show about podcasts, surprisingly enough. They're doing a special on Planty Podcasts. So no wonder they spoke to me. And you can hear it today at 9pm BST on BBC Radio 4 Extra. But also, not surprisingly, as a podcast. And I'll put a link to that in my show notes. I haven't heard it myself yet and I can't really remember what I said. But I'm sure it was all very, very intelligent and cogent. So do tune in or download the podcast and welcome if you happen to have listened to the podcast Radio Hour and decided that On The Ledge was for you. Great to have you here. Pull up a chair. Enjoy the show. Apologies in advance for the drain on your bank account as you start to acquire new house plants. Yes, it's a real phenomenon. It does happen. And I suspect after today's show, you will be spending your money on Peperomias, because that's what we're focusing on today. This large and wonderful genus of plants, many of which are grown as houseplants. I recently went to visit Sally Williams, who's the national collection holder of Peperomia in the United Kingdom, She was kind enough to show me around her extensive collection, all situated in her beautiful home in the countryside of the Peak District, which is situated roughly between Manchester and Sheffield, if you can picture that on a map. And I had so much fun talking to Sally, and we spent so long discussing these plants that I've actually split the interview into two shows. So this week's show is devoted to part one of our chat, and next week will be part two. And if you've not heard of the term National Plant Collection before, let me explain. In the UK where I'm based, the charity Plant Heritage is trying to make sure that it conserves all the cultivated plants that we grow in the UK, whether that be indoors or outdoors. And the National Collection Scheme allows individual people or organisations to take charge of a particular group of plants and Keep information about those plants for now and for the future for our understanding of them. So most of them are based around a particular genus or so you might have a a group of daffodils or a group of oak trees or a group of ferns. And there's a website called nccpg.com where you can go and search for national collections and see what's out there. I'll put a link in my show notes. And Sally, well, she holds the national collection of the genus Peperomia. And here's Sally explaining how she goes about adding to her collection.
1: In the whole genus, there's in the region of 1,600 species. Right. Uh, I am not attempting to go for anything like that. <laughs> I'm glad. Because that species. We haven't even thrown varieties mm. um, and hybrids and cultivars into that. So I was thinking, here I am in the Peak District. I'm, I'm not in a tropical region around the world. I'm not going to go chasing after all the species. Some of them, admittedly, well, quite often with National Plant Collections, um, there's sometimes some of them are a bit weedy and you mm-hmm. may not necessarily there might be only plants a national collection holder would love so, yes. right. so if I'm uh, I, I say that I concentrate on the cultivars but to do that you really do get involved with the species as well mm. so I get I, I basically collect any peperomia I can get my hands on but I don't worry too much if I haven't got every one of the 1600. You can't be completist
0: when you've got 1600 600. species. That's an awful lot. And that's lot. not including the cultivars. Yeah, yeah and then, the then you've got all the cultivars there. and it really is a plant that has uh, that has because of its delight as a houseplant there are a lot of cultivars out there particularly with certain species yeah but how do you know what's a peperomia in the first place well as sally explains it's all down to flower shape all plants
1: are uh, classified by their flowers so all peperomia have got a bract a ovary a single ovary which produces a single seed and two stamens Okay. so that means that's, that's a peperomia uh, and then they now more recently they've been able to back that up with DNA and right. okay, that. there's a, the, with them saying they're so different uh, they're uh, in, from tropical regions all around the world and there's so many diff- different habitats mm-hmm. that they've developed adaptations to be able to cope with the different habitats so that's why uh, but they are all peperomia over time uh, when they were first found they were often called different names so they were peperomia now includes what were a lot of different genera and they've been um, changed and decided that they are actually peperomia um
0: yeah that's amazing <laughs> i mean and it's i guess it's a testament to the plant that this they've adapted to so many different environments yeah and yeah, so different Yet they're still peperomias, which yes. is one of the things we love about them um yeah. Let's let's go on. I'm, I'm excited to see what else you have to show me. Just let me jump in here and say, do get the show notes for this episode up on your phone or laptop while you're listening, because I'm going to provide lots of links and pictures to the plants we talk about, which will help your enjoyment no end. Right back to Sally. We're now in her lovely farmhouse kitchen, which boasts, not surprisingly, a beautiful array of peperomias. These ones are here.
1: Sometimes they're just ones that I really want to keep an eye on uh, uh-huh. because uh, uh, they're, they're very special. So they might be new ones to me or something. So I'm just making sure I've got the uh, the environment right. The other thing, it's a south facing window. I haven't got oh, that okay. many south facing windows for the real succulent ones. Uh-huh. Um, and then also because in my plant room where I keep um, most of the collection, uh, they are they're, they're in there and they're just basically by species by cultivar and it does it mean it's a room for a plant but it doesn't look as wonderful as when you mix up the different leaf shapes sizes colors textures
0: um, and you can really appreciate the diversity of the you really can looking at these plants you can really see I mean there's obviously some that I'm oh yes there's that there's there's a a stray fern in there which we'll just ignore Um, but uh, that's fine I mean you know you don't have to ban all other plants there's lots of ones that will be very very familiar to most listeners here Uh, the lovely watermelon peperomia which always is a beautiful specimen and of course the raindrop peperomia uh, polybotria which is beautiful um but there's some things here that i n- would not be able to identify as a peperomia i mean i wouldn't immediately this one here's fraser i wouldn't immediately strike me as peperomia ish yeah um, <laughs> are these are these all plants that you've managed to obtain easily or, or how is getting hold of peperomias in the uk uh,
1: i do a lot of research and i do buy from specialist nurseries Mm -hmm. and because specialist nurseries know that I'm interested sometimes lovely people they Mm. will contact me and say look I've got some of these I haven't gotten enough to sell I don't really know what the name is would you would you like Mm. some Mm. Um, and so so I have got some that way Um, but I have been collecting them for years and so it's it's very cyclical about which ones become available Mm. so one year there was lots of this one for sale which is Peperomia Blanda. And I wasn't particularly impressed with it. Mm -hmm. Um, But now I've grown it and I've seen its lovely, lovely furry stems. Um, It's become one of my favourites. But I haven't seen that for sale for
0: two, three years now. Interesting. This, This fashion's changed. Well, tell me how this all began for you. You said you've been growing them for many years. Um, what was it about peperomias that made you go all out for them? And
1: I'm not really a flowers <laughs> person, I'm not a big flowers person, which is good with peperomia. <laughs> yes. So I
0: saw a peperomia caparata, not
1: the cultivar I've got here, which is lillian with the cristate inflorescences, which are really the look. It's um, fasciculated. Um, it was just the straight one with the mouse tail inflorescences, mm-hmm. and I think it was a combination of the the crinkly leaves, the funny flower spike, and the the tongue twister name that I really liked and that was um, I was 12 when I got my first one and then I went through a a patch where um, because I was doing a lot with my garden I really didn't do much um, with houseplants and also Mm. um, family Mm. but now um, the boys have grown up now i the last few years I've been able to um, spend a lot more time uh, with the plants Yeah, and that was, that was interesting because I started collecting peperomia. I had a few peperomia and I just had no idea about the diversity when I started collecting them. And that I think maybe happens for other National Park collection holders that the more you find out about them, they become absolutely fascinating.
0: Mm, mm, Yes, that's, you get drawn further and further in, don't you, to the, to the obsession. they're great house plants on the whole because they are quite easy to grow. But that said, people do slip up. What are your Peperomia, for the general species that people are likely to find in their local garden centre, can you offer us any, any pearls of wisdom on looking after these plants? Where do people go wrong?
1: Overwatering, really. But also if the uh, compost that they're growing in it is too compacted. They really like an open com- uh, compost. Their, their roots really like to have air around them Um, and so quite often often for convenience nurseries will grow them in um, pure compost which quickly gets compacted Mm. and so your um, peperomia after a few months can just suffocate really Um, also if that becomes completely dried out it won't re-wet so i use a mix of uh Two parts peat-free, general purpose, one part perlite, one part orchid bark
0: for the the majority of my
1: peperomias.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, they're all looking very, very well on it, I have to say. And I'm particularly curious about this little clutch of uh, bell jars in front of us, which have got some things, again, that I wouldn't necessarily have identified. That one um, with the tiniest, tiniest leaves, um, these sort of trailing um, or creeping peperomias. They obviously need high humidity, but yes. can you tell us a bit more about what's, what these are? So uh, these ones are,
1: are all dependent on high humidity, as you as you um, guessed there. Um, and so they're, uh, the one with the tiny, tiny leaves, this is E. marginella. And uh, they, they form creeping mats. They're, they're epiphytic, this group. Um, some of them are a bit larger, um, Peperomia serpens. Um, there's some interesting ones in this group. Uh, I, I don't normally
0: have them right here because we wouldn't be able to use the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact you've got them on this lazy susan though. That's well, I have the best
1: facing window. Possible so, use yeah, so for I a lazy turn susan it
0: one way around every day oh, and so they grow idea. up right instead of going towards the light. And I've so, got a lazy susan in the back of my cupboard somewhere. I'm getting it out and putting plants <laughs> on it when I get home. Yeah. So these ones here look
1: <laughs> as if they're virtually the same mm. plant. Um, difficult to tell between them, um, and theoretically, you, you might not be able to tell between them. One is uh, Peperomia bangroana, and the other one is Peperomia rotundifolia. And so, one, the bangroana, that grows in Africa. And the other one is uh, an American, so Central South American plant. And the only way you can tell between them is their flower spike. The length of the flower spike and the length of the um, peduncle supporting the flower spike is different, and the comparisons between the two is different. And so that's why they're given different species. Okay. And that highlights one of the problems with identifying them mm. when you've bought them in cultivation. If you don't know which country they've originally come from, right? you, you can be struggling to find out
0: exactly which species it is and you're waiting for them to flower so that it can take a while but these i can imagine would be lovely is a sort of a little bit of a green in a terrarium. yeah it's rare yeah, as, a, as a, a green layer with
1: other things yeah but because of the uh, plant collection i have to keep
0: you yes isolated. you've got to keep yours isolated but i can yeah. see how they'd work really well for that i have to say i did i now know why i killed my uh peperomia bangro whatever bangorana, was, yeah. bangorana because i didn't realize it needed that much humidity so that's why i destroyed that but yeah. <laughs> i mean that's the thing isn't it again you're knowing where the plant is from is so useful in identifying what you need to do and yeah, how you need to look yeah. after it well this one comes from Sierra, Le-
1: Sierra Leone and it was uh, found near the river Bagru in Sierra Leone but whoever wrote down the name wrote down Bangru, <laughs> so <laughs> it because that was the name it was first described as that's how that's the, oh, it's got to
0: stay it's got to stay like that yeah oh I guess this is what happens human error creeps in uh, yeah. and then uh, we, we get these unusual names yes yeah. Do you uh, Your knowledge must be growing all the time. Are you still acquiring new plants for your collection? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's lovely because nurseries
1: will uh, then highlight a plant and that might be available for a year or so. Mm, um, or yeah. sometimes a collector will then have produced enough of a, a difficult-to-grow plant that they have some to sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but also researching into them. I spend a lot of time researching them. Uh, And uh, that changes things as well. Names change, um, classifications change. Uh, So there's, there's always a lot to be doing with them there's so many
0: different leads to be looking into i'm sure and do you ever sort of walk into a garden center you know just minding your own business going in for something completely different and suddenly come across some cultivar that you've not seen for and get terribly excited yes yes definitely <laughs> yeah. yeah usually i know
1: that they're around because i review the breeders there's a few breeders mm. um, on the continent who grow um pepperomia. so usually i know that they are uh, that they've developed something and that it's
0: going to be available right but it's when
1: i can get hold of it so yeah so it does happen and it's yes, very exciting
0: I'm sure I'm sure i would be jumping up and down with joy yes. when you find something like that yeah. and trying not to look too overexcited so they charge you double because I <laughs> so must have this plant yeah. and do they ever turn up in unexpected places you know like I don't know I've been occasionally been to sort of like a jumble sale or you're walking past and somebody's having a church plant sale and you go in and suddenly there's this incredible plant I, I don't know if that's ever happened to you but that's another exciting moment yeah. <laughs> well, because
1: um, quite often nurseries and, and will sell out will um, produce a pack of foliage plants mm. then they can turn up in the oddest places i've got one plant which i've never seen for sale anywhere else that i got in the local morrisons and <laughs> it must have been foliage plant and i was walking past and i thought what mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a, a peperomia trinobia, and um yeah
0: the so, trouble is, though, that makes you really not ignore any plant oh, tray that you ever see because yes. you're always looking for those treasures, aren't you? Yes, so, um, yeah. yeah, that is a peril. But, uh, well, I mean, that's it's a treasure hunt, isn't it, partly? Um it And I guess that's the delight of concentrating on a single genus, that yes. you can do that. Yeah. With the great burst of excitement about houseplants, have you seen an increased in excitement about your own collection? Have you had more people getting in touch or...? Possibly, it's
1: it's difficult to say. I think because of the nature of the genus, they're a very ancient genus, they're very primitive. So anybody who knows about plants has got a ability. They sort of have a oh yeah, peperomia because mm. they're, they're they're unusual. They're they they're they're not monocotyledons and they're not eudicots and not true dicotyledons. They're in the magnolian clade, which is very primitive. Um, and that is possibly one of the reasons for the, the great diversity, because they've been evolving for so long. Uh, so
0: I think there's always been a bit of interest in
1: them. Uh, yeah, but and, I think more
0: people are getting interested. Yeah. I mean, I suppose it's you know the sort of the plants that are the sort of the uh, the poster plants, the the watermelon peperomia you yeah. know, which is all over Instagram. But not everyone grows it as well as yours looks. Um, do you have, are there any particular secrets to making those watermelon peperomias grow well? My problem, I'm just going to try to get you to solve my problems right now, is, um, when I do cuttings, and maybe this will not happen with your technique, which we've already discussed, is distorted leaves on young growth, where the, the edges of the leaves will be cut, and not through any, I, I don't think I've done many damage, but they kind of come up kind of distorted, I don't know what I've certainly have them coming up um,
1: crinkly, but yes, then they tend to flatten. They flatten out, out over yeah. time.
0: Yeah. yeah, I've had one or two where they've actually come out, as I say, with all kind of raggedy edges, yes. and I'm thinking, what have I done? But I wonder whether your actual uh your your technique that I've now started to adopt with the uh, pots might whether there's any damage that happens while they're kind of I don't know what, how I'm doing it, but anyway, well, that's interesting to know that. um that uh yeah but that's not a problem that's well known about it's probably just my, my <laughs> strange I ways come it yet. okay well there you go well that's that's <laughs> yes. good to know yes yeah yeah, so well with the
1: Peperomia we've got these high humidity ones. Yep. Um, and over there, these are some of the very low, the high altitude ones. So what, what name was a species that we might have heard of that's in that Doliberformis. Oh yes. Peperomia okay. Dolibiformis. Yep. Now this is one of the areas where there's a lot of hybrids around, okay. um, and people might really not know what a good Doliberformis looks like. And here I am. <laughs> this is um Doliberformis which gives you the idea mm. it's got very very thin leaves and they've got a definite cleaver shape mm. uh, with only a tiny line on the top that's called the window is that it, is a that's a, as is
0: actually a window as yes. a, other succulent plants have if,
1: yeah if you yeah. imagine that um, the leaf is flat and mm-hmm. then to conserve water that's two sides fold up so mm. that there's only a really thin strip of mm-hmm. the the top surface the adaxial surface left then uh, that is what the the fenestrate group which is the window group of peperomias um what what they have as a means of conserving water mm. so this one is a very very rare one it's the the, the brown purple leafed form mm-hmm. I've got lots of the green leaf form um, so then you get some of the really uh, another one that you might have seen around is asperula oh which yes. is green Gruff. now asperula means rough um, and mm. most of the ones around are not particularly rough, so they're yeah, have, possibly a hybrid. Have a little
0: uh, feel, yeah. If you want a to rough. see,
1: a, this is a, a more a, akin to the first description of a pepper uh, of a, an asparagula, asparula, where they' it's purpley brown and the
0: outsides of the leaves are rough. Mm. If you feel mm. that, yeah. Oh yes, yes, that is rougher, isn't it? Yeah,
1: this is a recent one that I've only had for a few months, which I was just so excited.
0: To oh, it. oh yes, that's this kind of is, curious.
1: Um, yeah, Peperomia Hutchisonii, very, very textured, sort of
0: toad-like. Uh, yes, just like toad <laughs> Yeah, it's Tons amazing. Window along the top. Yes, yeah. and these—if you can grow succulents—are these kind of a similar? Other succulent plants, like say Crassulas or Senecios, is it a similar care regime? They need lots of light and mean on the water yes yeah. yeah yeah
1: virtually no watering
0: over the winter yeah. um and i keep them on a south facing windowsill i and it, as well. among yeah. is the, there's the the peperomia happy bean cultivar yes. is yes. that related to, at all to those because that seems yes, to have a similar so a
1: oh, that is with the
0: window okay yeah because yeah. Yeah. that's the probably the one that we might recognize that you know you do is quite widely available and again i guess people are kind of surprised that they are that there is this subsession of, of very succulent ones but it's worth knowing that, isn't it? Because yes, that has such yes. an effect. It's so disappointing if you, uh, overwater these and, uh, end up, yeah. uh, with a mush. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: One of my favourites is Columella, uh, which was available quite widely for a mm. bit this year. Yes. And that is, again, it's, you can see it's got its little window on it. Um, but I think that people got it, sort of Peperomia, um, thought high humidity, give it a bit of water, um, and, and I think a lot rotted away, which mm. is sad. Yes. They're, they're, yes. They're really a nice plant.
0: And of course, the caperata is an old favourite that's been around for forever. You know, yes, I'm always going yes. on about Dr. Hussain's houseplant expert. And yes. obviously that features there. Yes. I mean, it's a plant that has kind of went out of popularity for a long time. I think it was seen as being a bit of a, I don't know, people went off it, but people are to, totally getting back into it now yes. are you seeing lots of interesting you've got this fasciated flower that you mentioned earlier yeah. you're seeing new interesting cultivars coming through of that yes, one yes there's, there's some really lovely ones there was um, a,
1: a new one that was uh, brought out this year called uh, Kita with mm. um, a lovely
0: orangey red uh, colouring mm-hmm. yeah. so, uh, and do any of these cope with deeper shade are there any peperomias that you can cope that can cope with deep shade or or are they mostly apart from these fenestrated ones the old story of kind of bright indirect light what what's the light situation with most of them
1: yes i would say obtusifolia is pretty tough Mm. and so you could uh, you could have that in quite a shady spot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there are a few. Um, a lot of them have uh, a lot of peperomia. I've, I've mentioned that they have different adaptations to different habitats. And one of the adaptations they have to low light conditions is a red colouring on the undersurface of the leaf, like mm. like this one, um, the uh, Eden Rosso hybrid, which... If you have it in too strong light, that red coloring can fade. So that is something. If you if it's got a red underneath of its leaf, it will be able to cope with um, deeper shade levels. Mm-hmm. And it's thought that that um, the anthocyanin in those cells—they're direct, they're directly below the. Um, chlorophyll um, containing the photosynthetic cells, and it's thought that it's backscatter from light that mm. helps it absorb light in mm. low light conditions. So that's another indicator. That one will any of those with that will probably be able to put up with low light conditions as
0: well. Well, I have to say, is that incarna there on the? Yes, it is. Yes. On my incarna, which I've actually got from a, from a lovely listener called June. Um, I have it on a very, it's really not getting much light at all. And it hasn't grown a lot, but it's it's absolutely fine. It yeah. seems to be, so the, lots of them are very, very tough. And yes. I guess that's why yeah. we love them. And they will adapt to different conditions, yeah. um, which is fantastic. And I just love the sheer variety of different kinds of leaves they have. I mean, looking at your wonderful raindrop peperomia, that leaf is a good, I don't know how wide that is. That's a good 12, yeah. 15 centimeters across that leaf. It's just so lovely and dramatic. Yes. I just, and i it's like nice and glossy.
1: And yeah.
0: How can you not love that leaf? It's just, it's beautiful. Yeah. So I'm, yes, it's, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful genus. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see <laughs> <your> <laughs> plants. I know, I know, you've now got even more plants on your wish list than you had before. Do go and check out the show notes at JanePerone.com for lots of information and tips on Peperomias and also details of Sally's National Collection. If you were wondering about the propagation technique we were talking about in that interview, then that will be covered in part two next week, along with our trip into Sally's plant room. Yes, we haven't even got to her main collection yet. And we'll also be answering some of your Peperomia questions. So do look out for that episode next Friday, and you'll just need to subscribe to On The Ledge on your pod app of choice to make that an automatic addition to your listening pleasure. That's what WRQ95 in Japan did, and they left a lovely review on Apple Podcasts for me, telling me that On The Ledge is the perfect plant podcast for the busy Tokyo commute to work. How exciting to think of people listening to On The Ledge in Japan. That's just awesome. And in another part of the world, Carolina got in touch to comment on the Oxalis Triangularis episode. Carolina is from Colombia in South America with the Instagram account at soy.plantastica. That's S-O-Y dot plantastica. And she reminded me something I forgot to mention in that Oxalis show, which is that Like the other members of this genus, it's a nitrogen-fixing plant, so it's used as a companion plant for urban agriculture. What's a nitrogen-fixing plant? Well, these plants have special nodules attached to the roots which contain special bacteria that help to draw nitrogen out of the air and turn it into nitrogen that plants can actually use for growth. It's a pretty awesome adaptation that some plants have, and Oxalis is one of them. So, that's something else to conjure with when you're looking at your beautiful purple false leaf shamrock and carolina also suggests using oxalis triangularis as ground cover for taller house plants which is a brilliant idea if you had a really tall strelitzia or a palm this would look great around the bottom of the pot and underplanting like that has lots of benefits for both plants so do give that a try and thank you carolina for getting in touch Thanks this week to Kat, Christopher and Frankie who've all become patrons of On The Ledge this week. It's a great way to support the show and if you pledge five dollars a month or more you get extra content too. Find out how to do that in the show notes at janeperone.com. And now it's time for question of the week. Erin from Sydney Australia got in touch with a question about her heart leaf fern some time ago thankfully she sent me a reminder about this question which is why I'm picking it up now so apologies Erin it's taken a while to get back to you she says that this fern has been going downhill fast and she says that nobody seems to know the answer so this all started at the beginning of winter in Sydney where her house doesn't usually drop below about 15 centigrade overnight she says and the ferns in a brightly lit bathroom and it's usually kept moist even possibly a little bit wet and she doesn't know what to do to revive her to make this fern beautiful and happy again and Erin has sent a photograph and compared to some of the photographs of ferns I get sent I have to be honest Erin it doesn't look too bad. Yes, there is some browning to the edges of the leaves with some yellow bits and I can see some leaves looking a bit miserable, but I can also see that there are leaves in the centre that are nice and dark green and firm and don't seem to be too distressed. So what can you do with your heartleaf fern? So I think this is most likely Hemionitis arifolia the heart leaf fern which is a smallish fern with kind of leathery leaves it's a very attractive plant and it does love to stay moist at all times so so far so good I think in the bathroom is a good setting for it where humidity is quite high and it sounds like Erin's giving it lots of moisture I don't know how long you've had this plant Erin but the other obvious thing to do with any fern that's in a bit of distress like this is to pop it under some glass. This could be a big bell jar, it could be sticking it in some kind of terrarium or fish tank, anything that you can provide that provides a buffer between the outside world and the plant itself, that has two that performs two functions it locks in humidity in the air around the plant and also it provides a buffer against changing temperatures so given that you're talking about winter when this problem first started it may be that the temperature is fluctuating day and night if you've turned the heating off uh, and the plant may not be too happy with that some plants like a change of temperature from day to night but others like things to be kept more steady and i think in the case of this fern it would that providing that buffer of the glass around the plant would probably help to just settle it down a bit and because this is quite a, a diddy little fern it's easy enough to find something to put it in it's not like a, a huge boston fern which you couldn't possibly contain under glass unless you've got a very large fish tank so st- stick some glass over this and see what happens would be my advice. I'd also maybe try looking at the potting mix that it's in if you haven't repotted it since you've got it and making sure it's quite an open, airy mix. Roots of ferns like to be well aerated and there can be a problem that that just gets completely solid and massed around the roots and the roots can't breathe properly, which can manifest itself in unhappy leaves. So I'd take the plant out of its pot and investigate what's going on. If you don't want to put it under glass, the other thing you could do is the technique known as double potting. Uh, This is where you put your pot into a second larger pot and you can put um, pebbles or you could put moss, uh, which you keep damp Uh, around the, in in between the gap, in the gap between the two pots. And this helps to increase humidity. Uh, You could also put water at the bottom of the outer pot if it's, um, a, if it's waterproof and then allow put some wicks in the bottom and allow that water to be soaked up by the plant as it needs it, rather than just pouring water in, which just sits there around the roots. Uh, if you put water into the outer pot, it won't be sitting in the roots, but it will be available for the plant to use. Uh, misting, yes, misting is a good thing uh, for ferns and won't do any harm, but yeah, The two techniques I've suggested are a lot less work once they're in place. And uh, I just would forget to do the misting uh, as often as I would need to do it. So check those techniques out and see if either of those work for you. But I reckon that your Hartley fern has some good life left in it. So I really do hope it recovers. Erin, keep me posted and let me know how it goes. If you've got a question for on the ledge, drop me a line on the ledge podcast at gmail.com and I will do my best to answer as much detail as you can provide is always useful pictures and information about where you are and how long you've had your plant is often very handy when answering these questions. For on the ledge podcast this week i'll be back next friday with part two of peperomias do check out my instagram this week j.l.perone where i'll be showcasing some of the peperomias that i'm growing for now have a great week take care bye The music you heard in this episode was Roll Jordan Roll by The Joy Drops, Ration Pidity by Samuel Corwin, and Overthrown by Josh Woodward, with advertising music from the Heftone Banjo Orchestra with the tracks Whistling Rufus and Dill Pickles. All these tracks are licensed under Creative Commons. See my show notes at janeperone.com for details.